find out if you're ready for love. Here's your marvelous host, Nikki Lee. Hello, and welcome to Ready for Love Radio. This is your host and love coach, Nikki Lee. Let me just take a second and explain what a love coach is. A love coach is like a relationship coach. What I did is I actually studied, I had a uh, course curriculum of 32 courses talking about all elements of love, relationships, intimacy, and sex. And yeah, it was a blast. The homework was fantastic. <laughs> so, and then, of course, passed the final exam. And what happened was I noticed a major change in how I felt about me, much more positive. And once I finished that and had all this information floating around in my head, I had to share it. And that's the reason I decided to start the Ready for Love radio program. So what I do each week is I bring my knowledge about these topics, and I also find experts that have some of the same information and sometimes some different information. Today's definitely going to be information that I'm not as up on as as my guest is. So I want you all to welcome Lady Shepsa Jones. And it is fantastic to have you with me today. Oh, it's so wonderful to be here. I'm very excited for this interview. You know, I I actually found you on Facebook. A friend of mine that has a really cool um, Facebook page, I always have neat articles, and he had shared one of yours. And I'm like, I want to check out her website. And then I I had to to have you on the show. (laughs) Wonderful. So we're we're going to talk about a lot of different things, but the the underlying theme is going to be sensual goddess. Mm. So ladies, perk up your ears. And gentlemen, perk up your ears because you need to treat her like a goddess. So, yes. but I, I think everybody needs to treat everybody wonderful. <laughs> so, okay. let me just give you a little bit of background, and then we're going to dig right into. I got all kinds of things I want to talk to you about. <laughs> so, so my guest is a writer, teacher, life coach, mother, and juju woman, and you're going to explain that to me shortly. It's one. She steps into her magical powers for healing and manifestation. A shy girl, she started writing at a very young age to express her emotions. But as an adult, she spent over 10 years studying the spiritual science of African diaspora, and I apologize if I got that wrong, as well as Taoist and Tantric traditions. And I'd I'd love to understand more about Tantra, so I'm sure we'll delve into that too. And through the study of sacred sexuality, Shepsa has reconnected to the goddess within her and aims to assist other women in experiencing the healing and freedom of their sensual selves. Yeah, sounds wonderful. Oh, yes. <laughs> I tell you what, I was reading that, and, and one of the things I was reading was um, uh, make connecting with your sensual ecstasy a habit. It's like, oh, my gracious. <laughs> that was wonderful. Yes. <laughs> so this, listeners, the kids need to go in the other room. This is going to be a, a very adult conversation, I have a feeling. <laughs> so, just a guess, just a guess. <laughs> so, so tell us, what is, and I, and I love the term, what is sacred sexuality for the listeners so that they'll under, get kind of a, a starting point? Yeah, definitely. Um, so sacred sexuality, um, in my opinion, is basically when we place sexuality and we give it the same importance um, as, as our physical health, our mental well-being, our emotional health, you know, where we basically we don't separate sex 
from all the things about us that we consider to be important or and especially sacred, right? So um, sex is not this thing that we hide in the closet and we make it seem like it's something dirty and separate from who we are as a human being. Um, so sacred sexuality is basically to approach lovemaking, and that could be with yourself, it could be with another partner, to approach it as sacred, as essential, as beneficial for you as a, as a whole being. You know, seeing that sexuality and sensuality is important to your overall health and well-being. So that's basically kind of my definition of sacred sexuality, you know, just to approach the idea of sex and sexuality with reverence, with sacredness, um, and with importance. I like that. Okay, that's that's good good definition. I was curious what you were going to say. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> have have not gone through her answers already, y'all. So I'm going to be shocked along with y'all. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, and and you know the idea of treating sex with a sort of reverence and a deeper connection with one another. I think it's incredible. I love that. You know, I mean, you can you can treat it other ways, but it's it's just so much better when there's more of a connection with the person. Absolutely. Oh, my God. Yeah, night and day. <laughs> yeah. Great. Yeah, I fully agree. And that's, in fact, for me, it's like it's not even an option to engage in sex that's not sacred, you know. Because, you know, it's like once you have the smorgasbord, and it's like once you have steak, you don't want to go back to have a McDonald's. Like, you don't want that. Oh, you know, so. There you go. There you go. Okay. <laughs> it just yeah, it just the, the difference is night and day, and like I said, well, and my thing is, I I want to have a variety of connections with the person, not just an attraction or he's so hot or what a cute ass, but you know, uh, there's got to be some kind of a mental and intellectual connection with the person in order to really be interested. So absolutely, there there are people that don't see it that way, and I I just I can't imagine. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah, I'm totally with you. Well, I'll tell you what, before we get into all the all the other stuff, explain to me and the listeners what a juju woman is. Okay. I sure will. All right, so juju woman, um, for me, the way I define it is one who uses her magical powers for healing and manifestation. So uh, if we think about women, we think about, you know, just feminine energy, you know, one aspect uh, of feminine energy is being receptive, you know, um, and this comes from studying Tantra tradition, the Taoist tradition, um, so women in general just have a more connection to the spirit world, um, and, you know, because of our nature of being the receptive uh, gender on earth. Um, so with that connection, you know, to the spirit world, uh, we really connect to the subconscious, and through that connection, we're able to manifest what we want in the world. Not that men can't be juju men, because there are juju men, um, but, you know, men tend to be ruled more so by, we could say, logic or their heads, where, you know, I find, you know, for feminine energy to be really grounded and rooted, you know, it requires us to connect to our, our heart and our emotions and our spirit. So when, I believe when women naturally have that connection to themselves and to their feminine nature, it makes it easier for them to create what they want in their lives through accessing and tapping into their feminine energy. Interesting. Okay. And it says that you work in helping other women to connect to their sensual selves. Yes. 
how would a person know if they do or do not have a sensual self? Hmm. Well, I believe everybody has a sensual self. Um, so many of us have been cut off from it, um, and I think a lot of that is from the way that we're raised in this Western society, seeing sex as dirty. You know, we're often taught, or as we grow up as a child, you know, if you, if you as a child you were touching yourself, just exploring yourself, you know, your parents might have, you know, tapped your hand and told you no or shooed you away and said that's nasty or that's dirty. So we kind of grow up, both men and women, with this whole kind of warped idea of sex and even our sexual organs as being dirty, as being nasty, as being unclean, you know, or that we're fresh if we like to touch ourselves or, you know, things like that. Um, So we all have a sensual self. It's just a matter of awakening that and helping to release the blockages so that we have a healthy relationship with that sensual self. <laughs> I've, I've related a experience I had many times on here, and now I'm wishing you had been with me. But I was, uh, <laughs> I was, I was playing cards, and one of the women there, uh, I don't know how we got onto the topic, but I said something about all of us. Uh, as we were probably talking about my coaching training or something. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, all of us are sexual beings. And she looked at me and gave me this this look like I'd lost my mind, which she does that to me a lot, you know. And I said, okay, you may choose not to use that part of yourself, but right. you are, you know. Right, yeah, exactly. But, uh, well, and, and like you said, you know, the way we were raised, um, the kind of people that were around, culture, society, religion, all of those things mm-hmm. in, in a big part makes it, Sex seems so wrong, so dirty, you know, all that sort of thing that you mentioned. Mm-hmm. And that does, it, well, so much of it's the whole guilt factor, you know. If, oh, yeah. if you speak about sex or if you enjoy sex, oh, you're a horrible person, you know, that kind of thing. Right. <laughs> and, and like I said, that, that mentality and the way, the, the kind of, of um, mentality I was raised around and seeing how it impacted people later in their life from, you know, how they were they were taught, they were, quote, unquote, supposed to be, you know, when they were kids. Right. All of those things led me, once I started the, the training I went through, I'm like, man, I've, I've got I've to share this with people, you know. They've got to see that you're not a bad person if you enjoy sex. You're not a bad person if, if you, you like to touch yourself, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's all of those things are what led me to... to like I said, start the show and, and start writing about it and sharing stuff with people. So. Yeah, and also, like, what that repression does, I feel like in this society it's one extreme or the other, right? They're, like, highly sexually, you know, repressed, or it just comes out and the sexual energy gets really warped and it becomes kind of, you know, we're objectifying sex now and objectifying women, and it becomes this really kind of twisted, um, unhealthy connection to sexuality because we're repressing the energy so much. And, you know, you can't repress energy, you know, it has to go someplace, so then it comes this very kind of warped, you know, um, you know, warped kind of twisted idea of connecting to sexual energy. So, you know, I'm just uh, having balance. So that right. you don't have that. That's, well, that's the thing. If, if you're told for so long not to do this, you know, and, and like the whole re- repression, I've, I've actually done a, a show about repressing sexuality mm. and, and the damage it does. Actually, with the person that shared your, your article. Cool. <laughs> so, nice. What a connection. <laughs> you know, but it, it's always, it seemed to me with some people that you just feel like they're just trying too hard. They're like, you know, right. I've been repressed all this time. I'm going to let it go, and they just they just try so hard, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, just, just 
ease into it. You don't have to, you don't have to like change overnight. <laughs> you right. Know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it, I don't know. I don't know. Well, I I did that with some things when I first started to feel much more freer about talking about stuff. And it, it's funny because one of one of my longtime friends, um, I I met him right after I started doing all this kind of stuff and started feeling freer about things. And I I sit back and just shudder about some of the things I said when we first met. And I said, Oh my goodness, <laughs> oh, we're still friends. And everything is cool. <laughs> Thank goodness. Because not everybody would have handled it. Because like I said, when you first start to feel like you can talk about things, you, you know, it's hard to tell what you might get yourself into. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's like that energy, you know, it's been, after being held back so long, it's like it bursts, exactly. you know. Exactly. Totally agree. Well, that's, that's why you need to write about it and talk about it on, on air. and that, that all helps. <laughs> exactly. Outlet. Kind of help me temper things to to a more healthy way to to talk about stuff. So, yeah. But of course, it depends on who you're talking to. But that's a whole other ballgame. <laughs> so, <laughs> so now I was I was looking at your blog. I was having more fun reading your blog this morning. Um, Ten sensual goddess commandments. I like that. I like that a lot. So. Let me see. Let's. Um, I was going to pick my favorite ones, but I just I like them all. Um, <laughs> how about Thou shalt know you are a goddess. Mm-hmm. How? Explain that to us. All right. So basically, I mean, I believe that number one, we as human beings are all divine, and we all represent, you know, however you want to call you know, divine energy or God or the universe, you know, however you want to call it through your various beliefs, you know, it doesn't really matter. Um, But I believe that, you know, divine energy is comprised of both masculine energy and feminine energy. And those two forces are what kind of come together to birth creation. So all of creation is basically a combination of divine masculine and divine feminine. So when I say goddess, you know, I'm also, of course, acknowledging men are divine as well. I'm not saying that men aren't divine. So when you are, when you recognize that you are a goddess, then you're able to focus on those aspects of your feminine energy and how they connect to divinity. So as I was saying before, being that feminine energy is receptive, you know, very often us as women, because we may tend to be, quote, unquote, more emotional or, you know, have our emotions, you know, very often, you know, women are talked about in a negative way um, when they're talked about, you know, when, when women are seen to be emotional or so, so many of us repress those kind of aspects of our feminine energy, which really are our gateways to tapping into the divine feminine. You know, so us as women being more quote-unquote sensitive or having or being emotional, you know, that is our connection really to the spiritual realm because of that sensitivity that we have. So when I say that, know, know that you are a goddess, know that, number one, you're perfect just as you are um, in that we have these emotions as women, and these emotions are not bad, they're not evil, you know, they don't make you wrong, they don't make you crazy, you know, as <laughs> men like to say, women are crazy. You know, we're not crazy. Uh, we have a, a deeper, uh, a closer connection to spirit in many ways because of our feminine, our feminine nature. So... Know that you are a goddess and know that, yes, your emotions are going to wax and wane like the moon. Um, and, in fact, we, we as women have a connection to the moon through our menstrual cycles. In the same way that the moon, you know, cycles through about 28, 29 days, we also go through our own cycle, through our, our moon cycle, our menses. Um, so, you know, all of these things just 
give us a connection to nature as well as women. So know that you are a goddess. You know that you are okay. Basically know that you're not crazy. <laughs> you know, if you find your emotions waxing and waning, you know, know that you are you are divine. I mean, and men are divine too, you know, but I think for so often through this patriarchal culture, you know, divine images have been so uh, portrayed as masculine very often. But to know that you are a goddess and that you have within yourself the divine feminine and you can tap into that energy, you know, anytime that you want. Awesome. Awesome. Now, some, some are crazy, but for, for the most part, it's, it's not, because, not because they're emotional. <laughs> I actually did a whole um, show with a friend of mine who is a um, yoga guru, and she just, um, uh, the conversations with her are just incredible. And, and we actually didn't, because she wrote a book about the moon cycle, and I had never even heard of that until she told me that she had written a book with the world. Good, let's talk about it. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, they're, they're fascinating. It, it was a fascinating topic. It really was. So I like I like number six. It says, they, "Thou shalt not ignore your intuition." I'm real big on if I have a gut feeling about something and I ignore it, I pretty much 99.9 percent of the time I regret that I ignored it. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think it's it's getting getting in touch with your intuition and learning to trust it. But you kind of have to hone your intuition, too, you know, and, and you do that through experiences, good and bad experiences, mm-hmm. and then learn when, when you need to just trust your gut feelings about certain things. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yep. But, yeah, I was, I was talking to Ben and I said, you know, anytime I ignore it, I regret it. <laughs> right. How many times has something happened and you're like, oh, I should have known, or something told me that I should have did that. And, you know, like we get these messages very often, you know, so what it is about, you know, just like you said, being able to tap into that intuition and to hone it, you know, let it be, um, you know, just a honing device that allows you to navigate where, you, where you need to go, and that when that voice does speak to you, that you actually, you pay attention. You listen in exactly. and you pay attention. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So it, you got one that says, thou will experience pleasure every day. Yes. I like, <laughs> I like yes. that. Yes. You want to share with the listeners what, what you mean by that? Oh, my goodness. Yes. Uh, make your pleasure serious <laughs> business. So, I mean, about I have a whole workshop that I do called The Pleasure Principle that's all about opening to pleasure and the importance of it. Uh, but just in a nutshell, experiencing your pleasure and opening to pleasure, it doesn't have to be anything huge like, you know, you need to have sex every day. I mean, if you do, that's fine. You got to, if you had that time <laughs> on your hands, then you can do that. that. But, <laughs> you know, opening to pleasure could be just walking down the street and, you know, feeling the sun as it hits your face and just taking in time to actually feel what that feels like and appreciate the sunlight on your face, appreciate the warmth of the rays. It could be something as simple as, you know, biting into a cookie, you know, that you love or, you know, and allowing the taste of the cookie to, you know, massage your tongue and really close your eyes and take in the flavor of it. You know, it could be anything. It could be just being with your children and just being present in that moment. Um, so opening to pleasure, you know, for me, I guess, is about being being mindful, you know, being mindful, um, being open and being present in that particular moment and taking the time to let yourself experience the joy and the pleasure of life, basically. And 
if you, and, and, and it could be, you know, sex, <laughs> you know, it could be, you know, whatever it is, just allowing yourself to have that gift every single day of connecting to your pleasures. You know, we deserve it. We really deserve it. And it also will help us to relieve stress, you know, yeah. which is a major thing, you know, a major cause of ailment and, and sickness, you know, is stress. So, you know, I present my Pleasure Principle Workshop really as a remedy to, you know, basic stress is killing us and we need to learn to relax and de-stress. And one way to do that is through connecting to your pleasure. Very good. I was thinking being aware and and, and, and a lot of times too is, you know, you don't have to have something huge to make you happy. You right. know, if if you're aware of the smaller things and you appreciate the smaller things, you know, it's amazing what a difference that makes in your mentality and your happiness and your stress level. Absolutely. But I talk to people like, well, nothing good ever happens to me. It's like, okay, well, you woke up this morning. That was good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. But I, I joke a lot of times that, that even if I wake up with a migraine, at least I did wake up and start it today. So Absolutely. Then, then let's get rid of the migraine and move on with things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have an opportunity to make, a, make the day different. Exactly, exactly. I had that really driven home when I had emergency heart surgery. And, um, you know, it's, it's like it's amazing how going through something when, I mean, the doctors basically said if you don't have the surgery in the next 24 hours, you very possibly could die. Mm. It really puts life in perspective for you. You know, you know what you're doing, um, what you're pursuing, the people that are in your life, puts all those kind of things in perspective for you. Yeah. shouldn't take something that big to get people to think about it, but it does sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, and... and Commandment number 10, people, y'all going to like this. <laughs> <laughs> I read this, I'm like, yes, she did. This <laughs> is, so, thou shalt twirl in orgasmic juices. Please explain. <laughs> so, yeah, so orgasm, oh my goodness, orgasm is so powerful. And, you know, very often we think of orgasm as just this event that happens, or not happens, <laughs> yep, you right. know, because sure. actually, sadly, you know, about 75% of women don't experience orgasm when they're having vaginal sex. Um, so there are actually a lot of women who are not connecting to the power of orgasm, which I think is, is a, I won't say it's sad, but, you know, it's something that needs to be healed and something that needs to be addressed. So right. we have to open up to the power of orgasm, and it could be little orgasms, it could be huge orgasms, you know, like our orgasmic potential is just so, you know, great and vast, but, you know, I believe that orgasmic energy is healing energy. Because if you think about, I mean, this is where Tantra comes in, you know, um, this is why the ancient, you know, yogis in India, they were able to connect sexuality and spirituality because, you know, if you think about the goal of meditation, the goal of meditation is to be without thought, right? It's to be able to clear your mind and to kind of just be present and open and be without thought. And if you are having an orgasm or if you're having, a, you know, very intense sexual experience and it's good, you're thoughtless. You know, everything, you're very open. You know, everything is clear. Um, so that point of orgasm, you know, is really kind of like a, a, a point of, being close to spirit and closer to your divinity. So orgasm, often, <laughs> twirl and orgasmic juiciness, 
uh, and allow yourself to experience that because it is healing. I mean, it's for your pleasure, definitely, and pleasure is important, but there's definitely a healing um, capacity of that. If you think about how you feel after you orgasm, you feel relaxed. <laughs> you yes. want to go to sleep, you know, um, you feel, oh, my God, like you feel like you've released so much tension, and sometimes we don't even know we have this tension until we've released it, and it's like, oh, my God, we feel at peace, and that's kind of, that is also the goal of meditation, goal of, med- of spirituality very often. So, you know, that's where the whole figure of sex, you know, concept comes in. It's like through orgasm, through our sensuality, through our sexuality, we become closer to spirit. Very good. All right. Yeah, I, 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 I looked at it and said, yes, she did. That conjured up so many interesting pictures in my head. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Oh, all right. Well, I want to I wanted to make sure that we we covered all those interesting things. Oh, I tell you what, I know something else. I want to before I get into my my usual questions. I have. Mm-hmm. You wrote a blog about let me let me get the right names. Killing the good girl. I love this. Yes. It, you know, I I actually am thinking about doing my own version of this on my blog this week. Mm. So so tell us about and I know many many of us can can relate to this. Yeah. So tell us about Killing the Good Girl. Killing the Good Girl. All right, so I'll talk about it um, from my perspective as a, like I say, a good girl in recovery. Um, so, <laughs> you know, growing up, I was the honorable student. You know, I was the daughter that my mother and my parents always bragged about because I always had good grades. You know, I always did the right, the quote-unquote right thing. I'm very right. obedient, never disrespectful, and things like that. So what happens, though, as we get older, you know, when we kind of become locked into this box of being a quote-unquote good girl is that we begin to put other people's um, pleasure or ideas before our own because we're too busy concerned with pleasing other people because we're used to it, right? You know, if you go to school, you get good grades, you're the good one. You know, you're the teacher's pat, you always get the pat on the head, you know, you get the – the attention, you get the accolades, you get the rewards for, you know, quote-unquote doing what you're supposed to do. Right. Um, but what happened for me, you know, as I became an adult, I had, I had realized that, wow, I didn't really stop and think about what I wanted and what my desires were because I was trying to be, quote-unquote, good. Um, and the way this came up for me was in my marriage. Um, I married, and this is how also, you know, we may get into this later, um, <laughs> you know, I, I married the first man who I had ever had sex with. I hadn't had sex with anybody else because I was a quote-unquote good girl, you know. Oh, cool. um, what I found was that when I was married, I realized that, hey, I married this man who wasn't a bad man, mind you, but I never took the time to figure out what I wanted in a relationship. You know, I just wanted to do the quote-unquote right thing, which was you know, to be married and, you know, save yourself to your marriage and things like that. Um, so it became a huge struggle for me me when I wanted, when I realized that I needed to leave my marriage um, because it kind of was going against the grain of the quote-unquote good girl, you know, doing what society says that you're supposed to do, you know, get married and, you know, do the, you know, have a happy home kind of thing. Um, so for me to actually be the one to decide to leave my marriage was a huge uh, transition for me in my life, and it actually would open me up to do the work that I'm doing now because I had to do just a lot of healing and a lot of self-discovery um, in order to, to leave. And um, it really prompted me on this journey of thinking about, like, what is it that I want? 
what, who am I, what is, do I want, what are my desires, as opposed to trying to be this quote-unquote good girl that just does the right thing. Understand much too well, unfortunately, but yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess, and, uh, there's, there's a lot of, of women that get into that position. I, I think it's something women deal with more than men just because society right. looks, looks down on women in so many ways, especially when it comes right. to you know, intimacy and sex and, oh, you know, heaven forbid, don't talk about that. Yeah, <laughs> so. yeah and the bad boy image is kind of like, you know, you know, it's kind of upheld and cherished, but, you know. Well, it's cool if you're a bad boy, but if, if you're a quote-unquote bad girl, then, oh, that's a bad thing. Right, you're so. a whore, you're a slut, you just get that. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Well, watched a really awesome video about that the other day. I'll have to share with you if I can find it again. But, so, we sort of covered this in, in different ways, but, but tell us, what, prompted you to get involved in a love relationship and, and sex-related sort of field? Because that's, that's not the easiest field to get into. Yeah. <laughs> it may, may end up being the most enjoyable, but, but there are... Um, it, it, it's interesting when, when you, like, like when I said I was studying to be a love coach and my father looked at me like I killed somebody, you know? <laughs> so um, yeah, he still, to this day, doesn't want to know what it is. Just doesn't want to know. <laughs> <laughs> So what what prompted you to get into this this questionable field? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's so interesting because if you had told me, you know, 10 years ago that I'd be doing what I'm doing now, I would look at you like you were crazy. And like me, uh, talk about love, relationships, and sex, and sensuality, I would have been like, absolutely not. Um, And feel comfortable doing it. (laughs) Yes, right, writing, you know, articles and blogs about it (laughs) and putting it on Facebook. Um, But really it was... I guess what sparked it was the self-healing journey I went through after my divorce, you know, after leaving, you know, my husband. And as I said before, he was the first person who I ever had sex with. You know, I was a virgin when I met him. Um, So I had, you know, I left the marriage and I had to discover, okay, what kind of man do I want? You know, so, you know, I began to date really for the first time. Um, and, you know, have different experiences with different men. Um, I also began to study sacred sexuality in Tantra. Um, and it was something that I always be, had always been interested in, but my, my husband thought, when I bring it up to him, he just thought I was crazy. He was just like, what, <laughs> sex and spirit? Like, it was just weird. <laughs> so he was like, not studying it with me. <laughs> um, but, you know, I just, you know, in my community I met different people who were um, studying, you know, Tantra and also was were studying the divine feminine energy and goddess energy. And, you know, just through my interactions with them, I began to study belly dance, which really opened me up a lot because, you know, belly dance is really – it's a dance for women, you know, and it's a very healing dance for women. It's a very sensual um, dance. So that I felt opened up, you know, just a lot of energy in my body. Um, and it also led me to a conference that I went to. It was called the Belly Dancers of Color Conference. Um, just ran by a woman named Dr. Sonyada Aman. And she, you know, that was basically the first class. Along with belly dancing classes, she also had a class that she called Sexual Kung Fu, um, where she was, you know, basically teaching about sacred sexuality. And I just loved it. And from there, you know, um, I began to study it on my own, you know, through various books and, you know, meeting different teachers and, uh, you know, just really began to heal myself through studying sacred sexuality. And I actually did not really intend to teach. It was not 
something I really set set out to do. Um, a friend of mine at the time was having um, a, a workshop that she was doing, and she had different presenters, and I told her about the different things I was studying, and she was like, oh, can you come and do a workshop? And I was just like, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, um, and I guess, you know, I had been a teacher, you know, in the classroom anyway, so teaching was something that I was used to. It wasn't something that was brand new. Uh, but, you know, this time teaching adults as opposed to teaching, you know, kids, <laughs> you know, a little different, different topic as well, you know. So, you know, I was definitely able to apply what I've learned through teaching in the classroom, you know, through teaching workshops to adults and also my personal experience. So, you know, this is kind of from there just began to build and take off and also me realizing that there's such a need, like there's such a need for women to heal themselves sensually and sexually, you know, there's such a need for women to feel beautiful, um, to tap into the divine feminine energy to awaken their goddess. You know, we live in this Western society in which, you know, uh, feminine energy is not, you know, often cherished, it's often objectified, but it's not often, you know, seen as sacred. Um, and, you know, just wanting women to realize that, yes, you know, you are sacred, you know, and it's important for you to connect to who you are as a sensual being as well. You know, and after my journey of having, you know, not being connected to my my sensual energy, and once I connected, it was like, whoa, <laughs> like this is some good stuff. So, you know, wanting to other women to experience that interconnection as well. Right. Let me see. So... Some of my stuff is already covered. What about have you written any books? Let's we'll, we'll start with that, and then we'll, we'll delve into the, the different workshops that you do. Yeah. yeah, sure. I actually published a book this year in July called Happy and Healed, Five Steps to Getting Over Any Man and Finding the Love That You Deserve. And that book was, is base, it basically comes out of my experience healing from my divorce. Um, so... It was interesting because it wasn't the book I set out to write. When I first wanted to write a book, I wanted to write one of all this kind of spiritual philosophy and, you know, things like that. And just having in my conversations with women, you know, most of them, it just seemed like so many women were having so many issues and troubles around men and relationships. So, you know, I just came to me like I need to write a book for women and teaching them, number one, to heal from breakups because so many of us just get caught up in, you know, relationships that are no longer serving us or if we're in a relationship, you know, it's rocky, we're not realizing why. Um, So my book, Happy and Heal, basically helps women to, number one, decide whether they're going to stay in a relationship, you know, whether that relationship is really serving them or not. And it takes them basically through a healing process of realizing, you know, why we attract the people that we attract, you know, what some of our patterns are, where those patterns come from. It also helps women to cultivate self-love because whether you decide to go or to stay, you still need to have a strong sense of self-love. Your first relationship is with yourself. So I spend a lot of time, you know, I also give very specific and concrete exercises for women to do to help them to cultivate that sense of self-love and then also give them tips for opening up to experience new relationships. Um, So, yeah, that book was fresh out of my, the blood, sweat, and tears from my divorce and also the relationships that I had afterward, which were great teachers for me. Awesome. I I actually, um, while I was in the hospital, got a really neat idea for a book, and it's going to have a a very um, personal and a very raw introduction. 
<laughs> so I've already decided that there's there's so much I want to convey in that 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 kind of explains what what went on mentally and emotionally for me during that time. That I've I've got several friends that that have to pre-read it for me before <laughs> before I, I, I'm publishing the book. It's like let me just let me see if it comes across too raw. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but but you know that's. I try not to to go too over the top, but I mean you, you've got to. I think it's more powerful than when you include your own personal, oh, yeah, um, your own personal journey and, and you know how things affected you and because other people more more people than we realize can relate. You know, absolutely. I, I wrote like a a big sales page for a for a program that I put together about learning to love, accept, and respect yourself. And I actually had this this one woman call me. I've gotten great emails about it, but this one woman made the effort to find my number, which isn't easy. And she <laughs> called me and and I mean she just she voiced like what she felt when she read the sales page and it was exactly what I had in mind when I wrote it. I love when that happens. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I love it. So okay, now everybody has various challenges that we all face and deal with in life. And so my question is, do you feel that you have grown from the challenges that you've had in your life? Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think, like, my divorce was probably my greatest, one of my greatest challenges and also one of my greatest gifts, you know, because it put me onto the path that I am, I'm on now. And if I didn't go through what I went through, I wouldn't be doing the work that I'm doing. I wouldn't be, you know, helping the women that I'm helping. So, you know, I try to view every challenge that way of course you know honestly a lot of times when we're going through our challenge we're like what the hell <laughs> we're, not, exactly. we're not thinking about the lesson we're just like why why me you know but I guess having my spiritual tools and my resources and you know past experience it helps me to navigate it so I'm able to always just extract the lesson from whatever challenge I have so thankful for the challenges yeah you know it it seems to me that when we have these various challenges, we can either let them beat us down or we can overcome them. Now, overcoming them is the harder route to take in in the short run. <laughs> you know? But in the long run, it's so worth it, you know. And, oh and the person, if, if we get to a point or when we get, let's say when we get to a point where we, we truly love ourselves, then everything good or bad that's happened to us up to that point made us who we are. Absolutely. You know, so while while we may hate the bad experiences, they all factored into the person we are right now. You know, I was, I was talking to a friend of mine about that, and, and there was one relationship she had that, that she just, she's kicking herself so much now because of, of the way he treated her and what he did and all this. And I said, okay, well, number one, he's the reason we met, which was a good thing. <laughs> you know? And number two, it helped her to understand what she, it, it helped her make the boundaries of what she would and would not put up with in a relationship. And she's, she's married to somebody else she absolutely adores. Treats are fantastic. You know, and she's one of the happiest married people I know. Beautiful. So, so, you know, if you had met him earlier, you probably wouldn't have stood up for what you wanted, and you might not have gotten it, or likely wouldn't right. have gotten what you really wanted and needed. You know, right. so, exactly. while, like I said, while we hate the bad things and, and we often don't like the challenges that, you know, creep up, they're they're all part of the journey, and they're all part of who makes us us. So, Absolutely. Not saying it's easy. I'm just saying. <laughs> so, yeah. But you know, learn from it, grow from it, and don't make the same mistakes over again if you can help it. Right. Right. So this 
this is one of these phrases that I use and people's eyes kind of glaze over sometimes. But how would you describe a healthy relationship? To me, a healthy relationship are two people who come together to grow together. Um, Ooh, I like that. And for me, that's just really, really important because, you know, as we said, we always have our challenges um, no matter what. Um, and we all go, we go through different cycles too. Like sometimes we have things are going easy for us and sometimes they're going difficult. Um, but when we are also, when we come together with somebody else, we're coming together and we're both coming with all our stuff. <laughs> you know, right. you got stuff, you, you got stuff, and that stuff comes and creates, creates more stuff. So to me, you know, a healthy or effective relationship is, is really about how committed we are to growing together as a couple and, you know, working our stuff out, or and also how committed we are to our individual journeys and our individual paths as well. You know, because even though you, you come together as a couple, you know, it's important for you to continue to work on yourself because all that, that's what's going to make the relationship even better. You know, if you're accountable for your own actions, if you are reflective, um, then that you are coming to your partner as a better mate, you know. Um, and if both people are doing that, then I think the relationship has just a much better chance of success um, if both people are reflective and, you know, focused upon growing. Very true. And growing is what it's about. I mean, life, things change, and I just, yeah, you don't want to stagnate. that <laughs> You don't have to delve into as many things and, and study as many things as I'd like to do, but, you know, but find, find something of interest and learn more about it. It's amazing what that can do for you. Mm-hmm. So why do you think that uh, many people have a hard time developing self-esteem and love for themselves? Mm. Or, or do you do you think this this is an issue that a lot of people have? Oh my God, I think it's such an issue. Okay. I think it's such an overlooked issue. I think many of us like to think we love ourselves. We're like, oh yeah, you know. Um, and the way I look at it is is this. If you're basing upon your idea of self-worth on things outside of yourself, then that's mm-hmm. not self-love. If you're basing it upon, you know, your fashion, the clothes you wear, car you drive, you know, what you do for your career, like all of those things are things outside of you. When it comes to self-love, I think that love has to come from within and to realize that you are, you know, you are, you're amazing just the way you are loving yourself just the way you are, and knowing that no matter what, like nothing can add or take away from you. Like you are worthy because you are, and that's it. Yeah. And it's not about being married or being divorced, having children or having this degree or having this particular car or these types of friends. You know, so many of us, we hinge our self-worth on those external things when it really comes from within, So, which is why when you have people who – then they get all the external things, and then they still feel empty inside. It they there is very they're very sad. You know, it's, it's very heartbreaking to realize, wow, I have all these things. And then you see it all the time. You see it with celebrities, who people you know that we think, oh my God, this person has a, has a perfect life. They're rich. They're famous. Da, 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 and they are unhappy. Because those right. things do not make happiness. Happiness has to come from within, and it has to come from your own sense of self-worth and self-love that is not based upon anything outside of you. 
And it's a, it is a, it can be a very challenging thing, I think, to develop because we're not taught, we're not raised in this society to really value ourselves, you know, just as a, as a being on this planet. You know, so much of it is about consumerism. Uh, so I think it's, I think it's very challenging for, for us, but I think it's something, I think ultimately that is the goal, <laughs> to, right. to love oneself unconditionally. I figured, and, and in a healthy way. Where we you know. still understand that, well, and, and, you know, there was there was this big blow-up on Facebook about a year, maybe two ago, where this really skinny woman was complaining about plus-size women that were feeling good about themselves. And I'm like, okay, you know, she she's jumping conclusions and what that means. She's like, you know, they're, they're not this, they're not that, they're not the other. It's not healthy for them to feel this way. And it's like what, what she was missing was you can feel good about yourself, love yourself, and cherish yourself, and accept yourself and still understand that you've got things you should improve or could improve. Absolutely, exactly. So that's all part of a healthy self-love. You say, you know right. what, I love me, I love my faults, and you know what, I'm going to work on the ones I can't. Right. So I, I just wanted to just reach into the computer and just strangle that woman every time she posted well, I think something. I remember that. I think she was like a video, right? She had blonde hair. She was kind Yeah, of- she was one of, these, one of these fitness people. She's got several kids, and, and she just kept posting things, and... And actually, it was, it was one of the women that I, I talked to on Facebook from time to time that, that kept getting into She She actually was the one sponsoring the the, the uh, event, you know, for people to, to say that they love themselves and all this. And, I mean, I mean, this other woman was just, just tearing her apart. Like, what a jerk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. But, you know, I, it's society. That's how they are sometimes. So. so tell us about your sensual goddess boot camp. Yes. So... <laughs> Speaking of daily pleasure and self-love, I created Sensual Goddess Boot Camp, you know, exactly to, to target that. Because um, I realize, you know, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a mom, you know, I work, and very often just as, as women, as mothers, wives, or working women, whatever, we don't prioritize our self-love. We don't prioritize our pleasure. You know, so I wanted to create a program uh, where for 30 days, every single day, the women in my program will get a different exercise that helps them to awaken their sensual goddess. Um, so the way the program is divided is, a, you know, there's 30 days, so there's four weeks. Each week has a different theme. So the theme of the first week is pleasure. Um, and during that week, the exercise is focused upon, number one, unblocking the bliss, which means letting go of those things that are blocking us from experiencing pleasure, and just also opening to receiving pleasure in our everyday life. Um, week two, the theme is juicy, and tells all about connecting to the sacred waters of our feminine energy. You know, because when we are healthy as women, we're juicy. Period. <laughs> we're juicy on the inside. We're juicy on the outside. You know, we're bubbling over in that kind of feminine juice. So the juicy exercises really focus upon increasing that connection to our feminine energy um, and that connection to our our juiciness literally and figuratively. Um, The third week, the theme is sexy. Um, And during that week, we study a lot of um, ancient techniques from the Tantra tradition and the Taoist tradition that helps to raise and circulate the sexual energy. Um, And the fourth week is orgasmic. And that's the last week, and we focus upon studying and exploring the different types of orgasms that we can experience as women because there's more than one type of orgasm. And we focus upon, you know, using that orgasmic energy as well to manifest what we want in our life. 
So that is the Central Goddess Boot Camp. Um, so we also, within the boot camp, there are four live meditations. So at, the, at each week, for each theme, we have a live meditation. And during that live meditation, you know, uh, I lead everyone through the meditation, which helps to bring the exercises and what we're looking at, what we're studying for the week, deeper into the subconscious. You know, as well, we'll have opportunity to talk a little bit about the exercises that we're, we're doing as well. So that is my Central Goddess Boot Camp. It's also going to be featuring a few instructional videos as well. Um, No nudity, (laughs) Um, but different instructional videos to help to make the concepts, you know, even, you know, more concrete, you know, visual and things like that. Um, So also um, within the Central Goddess Boot Camp, we we use something called a, a yoni egg, which I don't know if you or your listeners are familiar with. Um, but a yoni, ba- yoni egg is basically uh, an actual egg made out of crystal um, that comes out of the Taoist tradition that women in ancient China in the royal court would actually use the yoni egg um, with their vaginal muscles to increase the strength of their vaginal muscles. So they actually do kegels um, with the yoni egg, um, and that would help them to be juicy, um, to get their sexual energy flowing. Um, it also was reflexology for the vagina and helping to heal, you know, different parts of the body through stimulating that reflexology, and it helps also to bring the sexual energy kind of up to the higher spiritual center. So we're going to be studying a lot. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, um, lots, lots to learn, lots to learn. Yes, and the homework is fun, too. Oh, yes. <laughs> best homework you will ever have. And also for the Central Goddess Boot Camp, you do not need a partner. You can do it by yourself. Um, if you have a partner, your partner will be very happy, <laughs> you know, <laughs> to help you do some of the exercises or, you know, the, the benefits from the exercises. But definitely they're designed to be done, you know, by yourself because that's the whole point. It's about women tapping into their sensuality and their pleasure, you know, every day and to realize that, yeah, you can do this by yourself and not that you can't do it with a partner. If you have a partner, that's great. But, you know, you deserve to to know how to use your sensual energy for your own upliftment, your own healing, and your own happiness. Well, and, you know, and this is something I, I tell women, women when I talk to them too is, is once you're in touch with your own sexuality and your own sensuality, you're much more in tune to, and, and I, have, I have trouble with this too, so I'm not, I'm not saying this is simple, but you're more in tune and able to tell a partner, whether it's a long-time partner, new person that you're seeing or whatever, you're more able to tell them what you need and what you want because you know. You know, if you don't know what you want and need, how on earth does anybody else? You know, right, so, exactly. you know, it's it's very powerful when you can get to the point where you know what, what you want and need in your relationship, sexual or otherwise, <laughs> and then you can convey that to the other person. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it's about building that, that confidence, you know, and it's a form of, like, self-advocacy, you know, speaking up for what you want and, you know, also being able to realize that, yeah, you deserve, you deserve to feel happy, um, you deserve to feel juicy, and you deserve to have pleasure. Well, and, and that alone, that, that one sentence, or oh, just two sentences, <laughs> that's huge for some people. If if they can get that mentality, that can just open up so many possibilities for themselves and their relationships and, mm-hmm. and, and so many other things. And, and the thing is, the more open you feel about yourself intimately and sensually and sexually, the more open you are about other things because it just... 
it, it's like this, the weight of the world's been taken away from you. You know, you yeah. don't have all this guilt and all this whatever weighing you down all the time. And I know that sounds a little overdramatic, <laughs> but, yeah. you know, depending on how you were raised, it really can feel that way. But it, it just, and, and I know, you know, thankfully, not everybody was raised that way, <laughs> you know, but a lot of people were. Of course, I'm down here in the in the South in the Bible Belt, so there's probably a whole lot more down this way. <laughs> but, well, I was I was talking to a friend of mine, the, the one that's so happily married, and we were talking, and I was I was kind of explaining to her, just kind of getting a feel for she had that whole guilt thing in her head when she first got married and, and was feeling bad about stuff. And, and her mother was not like that at all. You know, I was like, oh, thank goodness. And and then I was telling her, you know, how some people were raised and, and this kind of thing. And she, she looked at me like I was crazy. And I'm like, no, I'm serious. <laughs> you know, she's like, why in the world would you drill that kind of message into a person's head? Well, <laughs> you know. But I was thrilled for her that, her that she didn't have to overcome all that hoopla. She could just have a healthy relationship from the start. Mm-hmm. But that is certainly not the way it is for everybody. Yeah, yeah. So tell people how they can find you on your website and Facebook and how they need to touch with you. Okay, yeah, so definitely um, my website is letsgoletgoddess.com. Um, and there, if you click on my blog, uh, the blog, um, I published a new blog this week called Five Powers of the Dark Goddess, so you can click on that blog, or my Ten Sensual Goddess Commandments, which we were talking about that blog a lot on this call. You click on that blog, um, number one, you should read the, read the blog. <laughs> Go to my Facebook page, which is also Let's Go Let Goddess. Yes, Let Go Let Goddess on Facebook, um, as well as LetGoLetGoddess.com. Those are the best ways to reach out to me. And my book, Happy and Healed, is on Amazon. So if you do search Happy and Healed, Lady Shepsa Jones, you'll find my book, and it will come up. And awesome. Yeah, those are the ways awesome. to get in contact with me. If Google's not working right for you, <laughs> you can email me at Lady Shepsa, L-A-D-Y, Lady, and Shepsa is spelled S-H-E. P-S-A at gmail.com, and I will get back to you and answer any questions that you have. Awesome. And I'll have more information about her and uh, her website, all the links and all that on my site. Fabulous. Um, along, yes. along with an archive. So if they miss things or want to listen again, that is totally doable also. Um, it will be www.lovecoachjourney.com slash sensual goddess. Let's make it interesting. <laughs> so, yeah. so it was it was awesome to have you with me. We're gonna have to find I something else to talk about so we can do this again. Oh, I would love to come back. Yeah. Awesome. So so listeners, I'll see you next time on Ready for Love Radio.